Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that gets you smartenized. Today's episode, The Economics of Foot Fungus. So I went to my doctor and I said, Doctor, I think I have toenail fungus. And he looked at my feet and said, Ew, yes, you do. And since the over-the-counter medications are absolutely worthless, I'm going to send you to a podiatrist. So I went to the podiatrist and he looked at my feet and said, Ew, you have foot fungus. And the -the over-the-counter medicines are totally useless. So he said, I'm going to give you a prescription for this topical treatment. It's a toenail polish, like. You put it on once a week. And it's going to take about a year. Because it has to go through the nail, and the nails have to grow out, and whatever. But it takes about a year, and it will be cleared up. And it doesn't work all the time, but it works pretty well. And it's not going to be covered by your insurance. So I'm going to give you this little card that will give you a discount. So I go to my pharmacy and I give them the little card and they hand me the prescription and they say, this will be $75. I said, is that with the discount? They said, yeah, that's, that's with the little discount from the little card. And I said, okay, well, what's that, like a three-month supply? They said, oh, no, it's a one-month supply. Wait a second. So it's going to cost me $900 for the full course of this treatment? And they said, yes. And I said, no, (laughs) I'm not paying the better part of a $1,000 bill for this. It's, It's... it's cosmetic, it's, it's inconvenient, but it's not worth $900 to get rid of it. So I went back to my original doctor. We were there dealing with some other things. And I told him what the podiatrist had prescribed for me. And he looked at me, he says, really? He said, that stuff is uh, about 16% effective. Hold on, let me check. And he went to that great medical database, the Google, and looked it up and said, oh, nope, I was wrong. It's 17% effective. I asked him, well, really, that's, you know, $900 for this uh, 17% effective treatment. Now it sounds even worse than it did when I first turned it down. He said, well, you know, there's pills that you can take that are much less expensive. So I'm going to send you back to the podiatrist again. So I call up the podiatrist and he said, well, yes, but in order to do the pills, we have to do a blood test to make sure you're not sensitive to this or that and the other thing. And I said, well, I just had a blood test done, so you can use that. He said, all right. So I go in and see him again and he says, okay, now these pills that I'm going to prescribe for you, he said, these are long-lasting, long-acting pills. You're going to take this for three months, 
but the half-life of this medicine is so long, it'll actually stay in your system for a year. And again, it's going to take you a year for this to all be cleaned up. But uh, these are pretty effective and, and they should do the trick. So I go to the pharmacy to pick up these pills. And they hand me a one-month supply and they say, that'll be $4. <laughs> really? So I went from $900 for a treatment that's 17% effective to $12 for a treatment that's 80% effective. I'm really not too thrilled with this podiatrist, as you might well guess. But it just struck me as really strange that this first treatment would cost so much and be so ineffective. Now, the only reason that these events transpired the way that they did was because this was an out-of-pocket expense. I was paying for it myself. If insurance was paying for it, I wouldn't have known any better. I would have gone and gotten the more expensive, barely effective treatment, and insurance would have paid it. But when it was my own money on the line, yeah, changes the whole perspective and you approach it differently. Now, I should have known better. I should have done my research. I should have done my due diligence, and that's on me. But it's just kind of bizarre how much differently things work out when you're paying out of your own pocket. I ran into this uh, quite a while ago. In fact, I think I talked about it in an earlier podcast, but I'll tell the story again. When I was first diagnosed as being diabetic, my doctor gave me a prescription, said you can go to the drugstore and you can pick out any blood glucose meter that you want. So I went in and I took a look at what they had to offer and they ranged in price from $14 to $80. And if I were paying out of my own pocket, I would have bought the $40 one. That one seemed to be the, the best value of what was out there. And the difference between the $40 one and the $80 one, they were made by the same company. And the only difference between them, they even look the same, was that the $80 one gave you results in five seconds and the $40 one took a whole 15 seconds to give you the result. My own money, my own pocket, I would have just bought the $40 one, but no. Insurance was paying for it, so of course... I got the $80 one because, hey, 10 seconds, right? Who, who, who wouldn't pay twice as much to save 10 seconds? Well, I wouldn't, but the insurance company would. And so that's what I bought. And a little while later, I was watching a show on Netflix called Dirty Money. It's a series that they've got out there. And it's about companies doing unethical things, not necessarily illegal. Not all of the stories were illegal. But one was about this company called Varent, who buys up pharmaceutical companies, fires the research staff, and then jacks the prices of medicine up. $1 pills become $800 pills. And a $30 a month treatment now becomes a $20,000 a month treatment. And the reason that they can get away with this is because they're going after companies that make drugs for a smallish population. There's only a few people that need these drugs. They really, really need them. 
but it's not enough for another company to go through the hassle of setting up with the FDA so that they can produce drugs. That's a three-year process. So that's why Varen gets away with doing this, even with generic drugs. That and the fact that we don't allow these pills to be imported from other countries where they're available for pennies a pill or a dollar a pill. And I found a little discount card after watching that. And sure enough, the Barrett was the company that owned the company that made this ineffective $900 a year foot treatment. So the bottom line, folks, is, well, when you're dealing with an insurance company, you don't pay any attention to what things cost. And when you're paying out of your pocket, you really do pay attention to what things cost. That's the difference between a free market and a controlled market. And it's pretty simple and pretty straightforward and always interesting when you run into these kinds of things yourself and realize that you've made a mistake. I made the mistake of not checking things out and not looking into things deep enough. And if insurance had covered it, I would have gotten that lousy treatment. So that's it, folks, for this episode of the Quick Hits Podcast. This is obviously a pretty short one. If you've learned a little something, change your mind, or even can just understand a different point of view without necessarily agreeing with it, congratulations, you've been smartenized. Just a little side note, if you are on social media, you're probably aware of the Tide Pod Challenge. Social media has given birth to some really idiotic challenges. There was planking, and there was the cinnamon challenge, where people tried to eat a serving spoonful of dried cinnamon. Then there was, of course, the ice bucket challenge. That one actually did raise a lot of money for a good cause. And the Tide Pod challenge was to eat a Tide Pod, which are colorful little packets that are designed to throw into the wash. Just pop them in. You don't have to measure or anything else. And it's dying down, of course. All these things, they last for a week or two. And, and, and they're on, they're, this peaked two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. But not fast enough to escape the notice of idiot legislators. From my state of New York, which has even more idiotic legislators than, than other states. Although that's a pretty pretty low bar. And they want to pass a law that says these colorful Tide Pods, they're very pretty. They're kind of blue and red and with a white around them. They look neat. And they probably, Tide probably spent a million bucks formulating them and making them look good. They want these pods, which are designed for convenience, and they want them to be made brown. They have to be ugly and unattractive and packed in a child-proof seal, completely negating the whole purpose of them. You just grab one and toss it in. 
it seems that there is nothing so stupid that the government won't use an excuse to come in and try and protect people from themselves. I doubt that this will go anywhere, but you never know. Hard to tell. Now, every single person who has ever looked at this Tide Pod Challenge, every single person that I know, has said, Darwin in action, folks. If they're stupid enough to eat a caustic soap, let them die. It's, it's ridiculous. And I agree with that. In fact, I would like to suggest one more challenge. And that is the final challenge, the open an artery challenge, where you set up a video camera, you open an artery, and whoever bleeds out the fastest wins. And from an evolutionary standpoint, from a Darwinian standpoint, we all win. I actually kind of hesitate to even make a joke about this because some idiot will probably do it. And frankly, if they did, I don't think I'd really even feel that bad about it. I'm sorry. You're that stupid. Hey, I see uh, some of you folks have gone on to Patreon for Quick Hits. It's uh, You can go in and search on Quick Hits or Dave Hit and, and make a donation per episode. And just got a nice donation. It brings the value of me doing one of these shows up high enough that I can buy a nice cigar. And that's great. I thank you very much for that, every one of you who's contributed to it. If, however, it ever gets to the point where I could buy, say, a box of cigars, well, then you'd be getting a Quick Hits podcast every week instead of every month. So just keep that in mind when you're bopping around on Patreon looking for who to support. Toss a buck or two my way. It will be appreciated. And that's all I've got for you today, folks. Except to remind you that the Quick Hits Podcast is nothing more than a journal of one man's opinion and therefore should not be taken too seriously. Seriously.